Hi, you're currently listening to a message from the Camp Series of Christ for Youth International. CYI is a purpose-driven, non-denominational, and community-based youth ministry aimed at creating room for the youth to serve. Stay tuned for the upcoming message from Camp. And don't forget to grab your notebook and pen as you listen. So we are looking at the characteristics of God's love. You see, we are looking at love from every area, every corner. God's love. Let's look at Isaiah 30 verse 18. Shall we read on what I say? Amen. Sorry. Shall we read on one to go? Yet the Lord longs to be what? Gracious to you. He what? He rises to what? I can't hear. He rises to do what? Show you compassion. For the Lord is what? A God of justice. Blessed are all who wait what? On him. Change your translation. Give me NKJV. Let me see. Therefore, the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. And therefore, he will be exalted. That he may have what? He will have what? Are you in the house? He will have what? Shout it out what? Open up your mouth. Other than that, your mouth will smell. One of the characteristics of God's love is mercy. Is mercy, write down, mercy. He said that he will be gracious to you and therefore he will be exalted. That he may have mercy on you. That God will have mercy on you. Amen. Tell about God will have mercy on you. Hallelujah. Why will God need to have mercy on us? Because God knows how frail we are. And God knows our limitations. God knows us. God knows who he's dealing with. The Bible makes us understand that he did not put his trust in man because he knows what the man, what is in man's heart. God has full knowledge about us. Are you, are you with me? That's why God chooses to be merciful to us. As a matter of fact, anytime God goes to a covenant with any man, God goes with mercy in mind. Because any, mercy, any covenant God goes into with man, God takes the, the largest load of work and brings the greatest blessing. Hallelujah. Any covenant God has ever gone with man, he takes the largest load and brings in the greatest blessing. Are you in the house? Yeah. Say about mercy. Can you, can you imagine a life without mercy? Can you imagine a life without mercy? Nobody. Nobody. Because we are, you know, I don't want to use, um, once we are in the flesh, we are open to weakness. That's the way it is. The flesh opens up to weakness. One, our own weaknesses become trapped to the next person. And their weakness also becomes trapped to us. So offenses, or it, it's, it's unavoidable. Are you with me? It's unavoidable. That's why mercy is required. There's a statement, somebody says, because you need mercy, you show mercy. Ask him over, why do you prepare to show mercy? Because you need mercy. Because life is such a way that we are weak. Even the strongest person is a weak man. Even the strongest is a weak person. 
Am I making some sense? So God's dealing towards us is that God knows that I'm dealing with weak people. So he has an attitude of mercy towards us. It's a characteristic of his love. And it's very profound, the mercy of God. The mercy of God. Amen. Look at your name and say, neighbor, God will be merciful to you. God will be merciful to you. Or God is merciful to you, rather. Tell me, God is, God is what? God is what? Shout it out. God is what? Merciful. Hey. Hallelujah. A life without mercy. A life without mercy will be a life of uh, tit for tat. Yeah. After we finish our eyes, we'll come for the nose. Hebrews 4, 15 to 16. Welcome. Let's read on one to go. Four. The next verse. Let us therefore. We have a high priest who knows one thing. We are weak people. And this high priest, not by written information, but by experience. As of fact, because God wanted to show us great mercy, he came to become like us. So that when you come and you are crying and say, God, I'm weak, help me. Jesus said, I understand. You're, you're really weak, I know. You see, when you have not been in somebody's shoes, you cannot empathize with them. You are not. You've never been in their shoes. At best, some idea. It's like um, one of the leaders in CY. He's never been addicted to masturbation before. Never been. And I remember the early parts of the ministry when I was encouraging people to have accountability and to talk to people. When he's having a discussion, he doesn't understand why people masturbate. Because for him, when he started, he went straight to a human being. So you don't understand why there's a middle ground. <laughs> yes, you understand. So when he was talking, I knew he did not understand because he had not had the experience. Which is okay. Now, it doesn't mean that to be a Christian, he has to go and do. That's what, are, that's what you are saying. Are you in the house? Shake your knee and say, you, are, you don't need to go for that experience. Shake the one, shake the one and say, you don't need to go for that experience. But I have to keep telling him that, look, you have to be aware that it is, as they are saying, it's a great thorn in the flesh for them. And when he started dealing with people over a period of time and he saw the number of people that, with that challenge, he came to a place of sympathizing. So all of a sudden, I noticed that his language and his tone and his posture started shifting. That, does it make sense to me? Uh-huh. But Jesus came to wear the flesh so that he can tell the impulses of temptation. Jesus was tempted. Let me, uh, let me, let me show you. You know, when we say Jesus had gone through the experience, Jesus didn't masturbate. Are you with me? Jesus didn't. But Jesus had the impulses of the flesh. The way the flesh wants to have its way. 
Jesus had the same thing. So he knows how the flesh can be on us. So when we come before him, Bible said that, he said, let us therefore what? Come boldly. So this is the way it is. Because Jesus had been through it, where he's seated, he's even wondering why you are not coming today for mercy. He's wondering why today you haven't come for grace. That the minute you get out of bed, you should shout, grace! It's like once you are coming out of bed, you should say, God, grace. God, mercy. God, grace. God, mercy. Because he knows how men are tempted. As a mother, the Bible said that, woe unto the earth. Woe. Because the devil, the accuser of the brethren, the one who becomes torn to all men has been cast onto the, ground, onto the earth. The devil brings torn into our flesh through temptation. Hallelujah. Bible said that Jesus is the one that has resisted to the point of shedding blood. You know what it look, that looks like? Tempted to the point. So Jesus resisted the temptation. The temptation was on him. So he knows what it means to be tempted. Is it gay life? Jesus knows what it means to be tempted. Some of us, when we look at it, it's like in the gay life, we can't put the context of anything. I'm telling you, Jesus knows what it means to be tempted as a same-sex person. He knows what it means to be tempted somebody who smokes. Especially the alcoholics. Yeah. Because Jesus is there, there were a lot of alcoholic barrels. It was in barrels. Had this in bottles. It was in barrels. Jesus went to a party where people were drinking and all. So Jesus knows. I'm sure he was looking at them. And said, oh, Father, show them mercy. Oh, are you in the house? Shake your neighbor and say, there's mercy for you. There's mercy for you. Shake your neighbor and say, there is mercy. There is what? Mercy. Tell about there's what? Mercy for you. Mercy. Come boldly. Tell about come boldly. One characteristic of God's love is mercy. Is mercy. God's mercy. And whenever mercy comes in, immediately let weaknesses come to your mind that is fully aware of your weakness. It's not just that sometimes there are things you cannot do. Abilities you don't have. Meanwhile, you're at a place where you must produce. God knows of your shortfalls. Ask him for mercy and grace. Sometimes we we'll cry out to God and say, God, show me mercy. God will make a way. So that's how God brings help our way. Hey, are you in the house? Yeah. President, sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes you finish your love. It's like you're scraping the bottom. Call on God and say, God, have mercy on me. I don't know. If you don't come, this is I'll kill them. We, 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 we. Either they die or I die. <laughs> Somebody has to die. Ministry, I'm telling you, God knows you are weak. Sometimes we are not able to pray the way we are supposed to pray. Hey, President, are you there? Yeah. We are not able to pray the way we are supposed to pray. We are not able to intercede the way we are supposed to intercede on behalf of the people. We are not able to. Sometimes as a leader, the, the sickness you are trying to 
so cure. You are carrying a big house that's I'm telling you, who did you do? So it's under, it's under, it's on the balls. Kodoso is on the balls, and you are telling somebody, Jesus will heal you. Hey! After you tell them, Jesus, you they pray for them, say, God, have mercy on me, and heal. My balls are on the line. <laughs> she can even say, My balls are on the line. <laughs> oh, she can even say, if you are talking to a, a, a guy, tell him, your balls are on the line. <laughs> One of the things that threatens to undermine leadership is when you carry the same problem you are supposed to solve. Yeah. It threatens leadership. You carry the same problem you are supposed to solve. Yeah. That's where the leader, you need to go to God for mercy. Cry on, on God. Leaders, are you here? Yeah. We struggle with lust. Cry on God for mercy. I had a story of uh, one of the great evangelists of the world. I mean, it's, it's a blessed memory. Where I heard they went for pastor's conference or something. And um, this guy, we said, I think at the point in time, the person exalted them to to pray, something, pray, you know, men of God pray. There's, there's, a guy sitting, there's a guy behind you, started praying and crying, God said, God, have mercy on me. The guy was crying and shouting, like, you can see that the person was in it crying. And, and then he turned to check out, this man of God, great man of God, is crying, said, God, have mercy on me. We all need mercy. Hey, we all need mercy. We need mercy. And thank God that it's a God that shows us mercy. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together to Jesus. It's a God that shows us mercy. And Bible says, His mercies are new every morning. His mercies are new what? Every morning. Every morning. Thank God. The minute you wake up, God says, I have a package of mercy for you. And that mercy is just for today. Don't even worry about tomorrow's mercy. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Hey, look at your neighbor and say, there's enough mercy for you today. There's enough mercy. Tell the person, there's enough grace for you today. There's enough for you. It's enough. 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 Yeah. See. See. Can you imagine what it looks like? You're getting out of bed knowing that God has enough package of mercy and grace for me today. I'm telling you, do you know what you're, what you're going to do? You find yourself living depending on God. Yeah. It transforms you. It means that I don't have to labor nor work by my strength anymore. All I have to do is just keep leaning on God. And I believe that's the way God has designed us to live. Lean on his grace. Lean on his mercy. His love provides that for you every day. Now, once you know this is guaranteed, it means that I don't even have to worry about it tomorrow. I'm just living in the presence. Because once God has packaged that for me, tomorrow will be there. I believe God wants us to live in the security of his mercy. Hmm. Check your name and say, you have to live in the security of God's mercy and grace. Yeah, live in the security of what? 
God's mercy and word and grace. Live in it. His mercies are new every morning. Your mercies are new every morning. So I say every morning. Look at James 3, verse 17. It says what? But the wisdom, that is from above. Bible says Christ has become unto us what? Wisdom. Christ has, has become unto us what? Wisdom. Bible said the, the wisdom that is from above is first word. Let's read first word. Number two. Number three. Four. And five. Full of what? And what? Good fruits. Without what? Partiality. And without what? Hypocrisy. This wisdom which is from above, Christ is full of mercy. Earlier on I was saying that if people knew this God, would be running towards him, not away from him. Young people, if you know this God, you run towards him, not away from him. Because he's full of mercy for you. He's full of mercy. He's full of what? He's full of what? Mercy. First Peter 1, 3. Shall we read? What does it say? Blessed be. Blessed be. Uh huh. According to what? According to. According to his abundant mercy. Mercy is one characteristic of God's love. So I want you to leave camp knowing that, look, when God says he loves me, one of the things God is saying that I'll show you mercy. And this mercy is plenty. It's not small. And it's new every morning. There's a package today. There's a package tomorrow. Oh, are you in the house? Hallelujah. Amen. God is merciful. What a gracious God. Amen. <laughs> Number two. God's love makes him freely give of himself to us. It makes him freely give of himself to us. It makes him give of himself to us. Are you in the house? Romans 
What does he say? Let's read. He says, He who did not what? But what? Ah. Two measure of his giving. First of himself. And number two, all things. First, himself. As a matter of fact, before you can enjoy all things, you have to have Christ. Christ is actually supposed to be the first enjoyment. <laughs> Somebody shout enjoyment. He first gave us Christ. And then he said all things. Somebody said all things. Wife, husband, children, job, money. What again? Camel. <laughs> I was so surprised when we went to we went to Pentecost. A convention center where camel we saw a camel. Yeah. Yeah. Around there, two camels. So we drove back and went to circle the camel <laughs> and took took pictures and videos of the camel. Yeah, two camels here. I don't know what they are doing here, though. <laughs> Whether somebody traveled <laughs> and brought them here. But God has given us His Son because of His love. You see, God loves to give. It's a measure and the characteristics of his love. God loves to give. Hey. Shake your neighbor and say, God is a giver. Oh, shake, shake the person. Say, God is a giver. God is a giver. God is a giver. The way you have done yourself, as if you are hungry. You are not hungry. God is a giver. Shake your neighbor. <laughs> Small fasting. And some of you look like you're about to die. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it to guilt trip me? No, no, no. I, 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 it's not working. It's not working. Shake your hands. It's not working. Small. <laughs> Hallelujah. Tell about God gives. God gives. And God gave us first what his son. Mm. TPT says, For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give to us. He certainly won't. Yeah, are you in the house? <laughs> he certainly will want TBT. The same verse, the same Romans 8 32. Okay, please let's, let's read it. One to go. For God has proved his love by giving us what? The gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up, as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us. 
Hallelujah. Amen. So, some of you want to marry. Go to God and say, thank you for giving me Jesus to enjoy. Lord, now I want to enjoy a wife. Lord, I want to, I want to enjoy a husband. That's the way. Hey, am I making some sense, somebody? Yeah, you thank God. Say, God, you have given me Jesus and I'm enjoying Jesus. And scripture says, you give me everything. So give me a husband to enjoy. Give me a wife to enjoy. God doesn't give boyfriends and girlfriends to enjoy. He gives husbands and wives. Are you in the house? God doesn't give hus- uh, boyfriends and, and girlfriends. It's husbands and wives that he gives. Are you in the house? Uh-huh. So if you want, <laughs> if you want just a boyfriend and girl. That, that thing God doesn't know. The angel have to go to the books and see warehouse, don't find. But say, I want a husband. Say, oh, I think David is there. Somebody has been praying about you at camp. <laughs> so be sensitive. <laughs> You're you on somebody's prayer list. The topic. <laughs> it is well, oh. Amen. Wisdom is also a gift God gives. Wisdom is a gift to enjoy. Nobody enjoys a foolish person. Foolish people are endured, not enjoyed. Yeah. We endure foolish people. We don't enjoy them. We enjoy wise people. So what am I saying? When you go to God and asking God for something to enjoy, ask for wisdom too. Say, God, give me wisdom. Is it when you are yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah, and young people, one of the things you have to ask God for a lot is wisdom. You need wisdom. Because the Bible tells us in Proverbs that wisdom brings everything else. As a matter of fact, according to scripture, it said the wisdom of God was by the side of God when God was creating everything. Wisdom is a spirit. Ask for wisdom. I jokingly always say that if you are somebody, everybody says, We don't Jimmy, we don't Jimmy, we don't Ninja, you have to pray for wisdom. Hey, shake your neighbor and say, When I look at you, I think you need wisdom. I think you need wisdom. The way your hair is even looking, I think you need wisdom. Oh, yeah, yeah, sir. They are fine. 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 
They are, do, they are doing their best. They are doing their best. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> I'm sure the next time they come to Ghana, they are coming to come. They warn me, Uncle, I don't want you to. <laughs> anyway, are you in the house? God gives us freely to enjoy. He loves to give. It's a mark of his love. See, Whenever you are going to God, don't feel bad that you are going to ask. Okay? Ask as much. As much as Jesus said, either until now you have not asked. He said, ask. So now you haven't been asking anything. You have there your mouth. You have kept, you kept your mouth. And listen, Africans are in the house. So, Africans, sometimes we have a bad attitude of not asking. And it's sometimes coming from a false humility. Oh, sometimes you brought somebody to your house. You brought somebody to your house to, to give them uh, maybe eat lunch or breakfast. And you said, is it, do you want bacon or you want, the, the food is there. Oh, oh, I don't want to bother you. I don't want to bother you. You want to eat the thing. I don't want to bother you. Some false humility be. Ah. The table has spread. Choose, choose. A, is that green thing too part of it? I want, I want some. <laughs> For let me tell you that that green thing will brush your teeth with it. <laughs> some false humility. And you carry the same attitude to God. I don't want to bother God. You don't want to bother God. Do you know who God is? If God can be bothered, you is not God. God is not bothered by whatever. Are you in the house? Go and ask. Ask today, ask tomorrow, keep asking. Don't get tired of asking. If the Holy Ghost has done it, you impress upon you. It's done. There's a level, there's a there's a, a, a type of prayer where we persist in prayer. How many of you remember? Uh, what's the name? The widow and the judge. Yeah. The moral of the story is that even though the judge is as unmerciful and unkind and wicked, he even heard the persistent prayer of the widow. How much more God? How much more God who is full of mercy and grace, who has a package of grace for you every day and you get up and go and ask? Part of the reason why some of you don't pray because you don't know that God loves to give. Hey, am I making some sense, somebody? Shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, God loves to give. God loves to give. God loves to give. He's full of mercy. He wants to bless you. Even at camp, some of you have never asked God anything. Low expectation. No or low expectation. Why? See, Adam was a black man. Yeah, the first man has to be black. Adam was a black man, and Adam was a man who fell. So I think the damage of the fall, no. <laughs> it just worried our mind, our mind. He said, come, I'll give you. You two, you don't want to ask. Sometimes you can be with somebody in the house. That to be able to come and ask you something. And they are wearing something, they are like, what is wrong with you? And so I didn't want to bother you. 
ask. If the person will not give to you, you say, oh, no. And that's all. Now you know that they don't give it to you. But you walk about and meanwhile the thing is there for you. And you ask. You're going about being false humility. Yeah, let me show you. Are you in the house? Are you in the house? There's some humility that you walk in that will make you sin. Let me show you. By the time you realize, you, you go, you easily slip into jealousy. Yeah. You easily slip into jealousy. See, I believe that's why poor people become witches easy. <laughs> yeah. Because you want the thing. It's not as if you have developed your, your life and discipline that oh you are able to live with. But you want it. It's something that you realize. For instance, you see that when the guy wore the thing, it's nice. Oh, it will be nice on you. You want some. So ask the father. Ask the father. Go to the father and say, Father, oh, the way uh, Elton is wearing it, it's really nice. I think if I get some, I, I want some. So father, you will provide so I'm asking you to provide. But you, you ask. You go about it and every time Elton moves, you're looking at Elton's feet. Hmm. Hmm. Very soon, you're going to say, isn't it, isn't our offering that Elton has been using? <laughs> Chopping off in a bedroom. Go to the father and ask the father. Recently, I think one of my guys was showing, you know, Apple Watch. I think that uh, I, I was, I think it was your, your airport brand that blessed me with Apple Watch some time ago. But one time I saw, I was, whatever, and it slipped. It hit the ground, that's it. So angry. I can break so easily. And it costs so much. So I said, okay, no, I don't think I need an Apple Watch. But I just saw uh, Ellis's one. I said, oh, this one looks good. It looks nice. I'd like to have some. So I told Ellis, okay. Me always, anytime, anything, I, I look at the amount, the money. I said, hey, this can do ministry. You can buy an instrument. Every time I camera, that's the way I do. I'm telling you the fact. So sometimes I have to learn immediately out of my mouth. I say, Father, Charlie, I would like this to enjoy. So I thank you and I receive it. Amen. So. He's ordering for strap. I said, Ellis, order for strap. I know the father will bring me Apple Watch. That's the way you do. So I don't go jealousy. When Ellis is wearing, I say, hey, you come and say, hey, Mudie, Mudie, I bless you, Mudie, Mudie. You go and come and say, Muna, Muna, you, Mudie, you are the rich people. Are you a witch? What do you have to a witch? Ask the father. He loves to give. He's merciful. He wants to give to you. Everything for you to enjoy. Hey, am I making some sense? Yes. See somebody's wife. He said, hey, you're a show. Hey, you're a show. Our son, now you're touching. Leave Kofi Kuma's stomach alone. <laughs> ask the father for your husband. Shake it. Say, ask the father for your husband. Ask the father for your wife. Please, 
those who have ulcer that is being healed but needs to eat like I said earlier please you can move those who have ulcer that is being healed if you want to get ulcer you also join them <laughs> hallelujah are you in the house yeah Amen. And the last one. Sounds of mercy. Hey. Psalm 63, verse 3. Look at what the scripture says. Because, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Your loving kindness, hey, is better than life. My lips shall praise you. You have a good God, oh. He's good. God is so good. God is so good. Now, the third one, the third characteristic of God's love is God's perpetual presence in our lives. He is perpetually present in our lives. Hebrews 13.5 Hebrews 13.5 What does it say? Shall we read? What does it say? One to go. It says what? Let your Oh, let's read it. What does it say? Let your conduct be without what? covetousness why be content with such as what you have why for he himself has said what for he himself has said I will never leave you nor for for he himself has said I will never leave you nor forsake you in other words I will never abandon you. As a matter of fact, that was the last promise of Jesus before he left them. He says, for behold, I will be with you always. I will be with you all. Now, guys, listen. Look, Jesus, three years, he has built friendship. He has stayed with these guys. These guys were his friends. They've been through thick and thin, high waters and all challenges. As well, when you read the Bible, there are times they went to place, they were looking for Jesus to arrest Jesus or to capture Jesus. They were all aware. You can imagine their escape. Hey, Jesus, this time they're telling, you see the Pharisees? Telling. And then they are talking night. And, so these guys were his friends. I want to give you the picture very, very well. Because when you read the Bible, you read it in a particular way. Oh, religious Jesus. Mm. Peter, walk well. Mm. <laughs> That's the way we see. No, but they were friends. They did life together. So when he died, he was about to go. You can imagine their hearts were broken. Now, even before he died, he told them that he was going. But where he's going, they will not follow. You remember they were sad. 
He said, because I told you this, you are sad. Yeah, because you, we, we've stayed together three years. And he said, oh, come here. We can't follow you. Are you with me? So they are broken hearted. So when he came to them, he told them, look, I'm sending you. But know that the God, in other words, know that me, the person that I was with you, eating together, moving this here, counseling you, he said, I will still be with you always. So Jesus, when he was there as a friend, he says, I will be with you as a friend. Always. The Jesus that made a way and provided when he came asking for, they were asking for, um, to, for them to pay the tithe, the, the, the tax. And he says, go and go into the sea and pick the, the fish and you get whatever. That friend that provided is the same friend that will be with them. Oh, am I talking to somebody? Are you getting me? So when he said, I'll be with you always, don't have in mind some... Mm, no, no, I want you to know that in the context of your life and of your daily living, God is going to be with you. If we thought it like that, if we understood it like that, then when a girl called you and he said, let's go, you have to know that Jesus is our friend. Baby, when you are going there, Jesus will tell you, do you know what? If I check the call, I don't think Ryan is the right time. That's what says wrong. Oh, am I making some sense, somebody? But when we say God will be with you, we have in mind this, you know, this spiritual. Hey, Jesus will be with you. Shake your nose and say, "Neighbor, He's with you. He's with you. He's with you. He's with you." Shake your nose and say, "2023, Jesus is with you. He's with you." Oh, turn up, neighbor. In 2023, everywhere is with you. Ava Kigali is going to be with you everywhere. Where are some of the places we even went to when I came? Kill your area, how is it called? What, what's your area? Where are you staying? Uh, Kiwongo. <laughs> Kimironko. Okay, Chimironko. Yeah. When you're going to eat, the place you don't buy watching by the roadside. When you're going to buy watching by the roadside, it's with you. When you are choosing, mommy will in and me have you boy say no, me no, me pen now we, me pen now we, now we, they say we, they say they want say we, we. Or when you go, you are going to buy beans, and say mommy three cities two. Mommy three cities two. You don't go six city straight, they will cheat you. Two. Oh, maybe, maybe two city straight. <laughs> when you come, <laughs> you come, you are not, you are not, no, I spread, yeah, they know. Hey, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So he said, don't be covetous. Because once, you see, once I'm going to be with you, I'll know your needs. I'll meet them. Oh, are you with me? Yeah, once I'm going to be, I know your needs. I will meet your need. Hallelujah. 
Can we, can we see what I'm talking about? One of the characteristics of God's uh, uh, loving, God's love is that He's with us. You never, look, God, shy, shy, shy. You see Elton and the wife? They are very close. But they can't be that close. What I mean is, as much as they want to be close, they can't be that close. When one is going to shit, the other will have to wait on the other, in the other room. But only God can go to the shitting room with you. What are you talking about? When you are sitting on and you know when you are, you are, you are and it's all coming and then so it's a mercy, Jesus. <laughs> that place can be a place of prayer. Oh, lots of prayer. I'm telling you, Indomie Pepe. When there's fire in your bottom. Said Jesus, <laughs> you get up, you get up, but good to you. You are struggling. Say mercy. Jesus said, "I'm with you. I'm with you, brother. I'm with you, <laughs> brother. Take your time. I'm with you." The wife cannot be there with you. All the wife will say, "Are you okay?" Or they'll continue. <laughs> Look, I'm, what I'm saying that the, God's presence takes you where no man can take you. Oh, am I making some sense? Yeah, it takes you where no man can take you. Or, let me give you this. Have you ever been broken hearted before? You see, broken heart takes you to a place, to a room. Many people cannot go there. It's a chamber. It takes you there, locks the key, sometimes throws away the key. Because how you feel, only you love the person. Nobody can say, say love you, so we'll fire, we'll fire. Move on. Another woman, another woman, you, look. Let them bring Beyonce. It still will not do it. Your hearts will still... And it's only Jesus that can enter into that room of broken hearts with you. What are you talking about? Hey, are you in the house? Yeah. When you are disappointed, sometimes you are just disappointed. Look, I'm telling you, simply surrender to Jesus. To his loving presence. Sometimes you just have to lock yourself in a room and say, Jesus, I deny it's only you and me. You and I are only in a situation. So you can heal me. Hey, am I making some sense? Shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is with you. Oh, go to another person and tell them, say, God is with you. Shake the person and tell them, say, God is with you. God is with you. God's perpetual presence is with you. Amen. He has promised that I'll never leave you. He said, don't be obsessed with money, but live content with what you have, for you always have God's presence. For hasn't he promised you, I will never leave you. Never. That's what he says. As in the promise, I'll never leave you. Never. And I will not lose him. Hey. Can you read it? I'll never, I'll not lose him what? My grip. TPT. It's not up there. I'll never lose him my grip upon your life. It means I'll hold you. One of my sons, Nohad. When I, when, when I met Nohad, when we are, we, are, we are crossing the road, Nohad will hold my hand like a child. <laughs> we, had to, we, had to, we had to, I had to bring his mind to her before he stopped. Unconsciously. Once you are crossing the road, by the time I realize somebody is holding my hand, Nohad is holding my hand. <laughs> and if he, man, can be that protective, 
How much more God? How much more God? How much more God? Before I go on, all those of you are sleeping, I know you. <laughs> this is a warning of mercy. I know you. <laughs> hey. Yeah, how can you sleep in this world? Amen. Tell about God is with you. God is with you. God is with you. God is. God is. Aha. Uh-huh. Hallelujah. God is a good God. And let me say this before. Okay. Let's read the scripture, then I'll say it. Hosea 11, verse 8. Hosea 11 from 1 to 8. Let's read it. From 1 to 8. Let's read it. From 1 to 8. Please, we are all reading. 1, 2, go. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. The next verse. As they called them, so they were. Aha. Uh-huh. They sacrificed to Baals and burned incense to car images. Aha. Uh-huh. Then was, I taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by their arms, but they did not know that I healed them. The next verse. I drew them with a gentle cord, with bands of love, and I was to them as those who take the yoke from their neck. I stooped and, and fed them. The next verse. But the Assyrians shall be his king. Because they refuse to repent. The next verse. And the sword shall slash in his cities, devour his districts, and consume them because of their own counsel. The next verse. My people are bent on. Mm. None at all exalting. The last one. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over Israel? How can I make you like Adma? And my heart chants within me. My sympathy is stirred. You see see God talking. Can, Can you feel his love? How can I? God keeps asking himself, how can I? How can I give you up? How can I? How can I? God says, in other words, I can't give you up. Now, from the verse, God draws close, tries to pull her close, but men are the ones always moving away from God. Get this. God never leaves us. I think a song that um, Asabia sang, um, Where would I be? If you left me now. Now I understand what the songwriter is trying to say. But God will never leave you. Some of the Psalms, it's a word in the way they put it. But theologically, God never leaves anybody. It's men that leaves God. Do you get it? God should leave you and go where? 
Listen, it's like this. Which of you, you have your house, your own house you have built with your money, and then you bring somebody to your house, and the person makes you angry, and then you leave your house with the person? That's what it means when you say that God leaves you. He leaves you and go where? He inhabits the entire universe. God doesn't go anywhere, is there? But I understand why somebody says God left him because then there's no manifestation of God in their lives. But in a sense, God never leaves anybody. It's men that walk away from God. When you see anybody that his life is whatever, they have walked away from God. They have walked away from love. They have walked away from mercy. They have walked away from grace. Hey, shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor, don't walk away, don't walk away, don't walk away. Shake your neighbor draw close to love, draw close to love. Draw, oh, shake, shake the person and say, draw close to love. Give the person a hug and say, can you feel this hug? This is a hug that God wants you to have. Tell the person, this is a hug God wants you to have. God's love will never make him give up on us. Let me give you this promise. Are you in the house? God will never give up on anybody, even when it looks as if the situation is hopeless. Let me show you. The only ground upon which God will leave anybody is that the person must, in intelligence, deny him. You have to deny God. And people do that. People deny God. They deny his essence. They deny his place. They say, I don't want any God in my life. When you do that, God will step back. Remember I told you, love is no love without a choice. So God is going to step back, even in his love for you, you step back. Sometimes, some of you, the TikTok you watch, there are videos of people who have denied Christ. There are the confessions and the life and whatever of people who have walked away from God. You have to be very careful. Once in intelligence you deny God, you walk away. But for him, in his love, he has promised never to leave you nor forsake you. And we, I'm telling you, you can take this to the bank. God is always there. One of the things that maybe made me show me the even the danger, not danger, but the most interesting thing about God's presence is that, look, there have been times when I found myself about to do something wrong, I knew clearly it wasn't the best. But in the midst of it, I hear the voice, I hear the song of God. Am I the only person? I hear even when you're doing sin, is there? Is there? Because once he has promised to be with you, he's with you. You have to ignore him. We sin often, we, we, we continue in sin because we ignore him. Once you ignore him, one, you ignore him, two. It's like what he's doing is no use, so he has to step back. So that you see to the end of what actually you want. When you finish, you come and says, Are you satisfied? And once it's a sin, the answer will be no. Because the only person who can satisfy is him. Yeah. He will come to you. And once you continue in sin, then his voice you cannot even hear. 
That's basically it. But God, ne- look, he will never leave you nor forsake you. That's the reason why I believe, listen, I personally believe one saved, forever saved. I believe in that. But one can deny their salvation. And then they become unsaved. But it's, Jesus said that once God has put them in my hands, my duty is not to let them go. It's to keep them. And can you imagine a life where one saved is not forever saved? So every day, you have to go back and put your salvation in place. It will, it, will, it will even work. Then it's better when you're about to die two years. Then you don't go and say, ah, I read salvation. I can manage two years. I can manage. Can you imagine you're born 16 and then now every day, hey, am I saved today? It's like when, when the first time I received, I received Holy Ghost baptism. The first time I did school. Then I went to sleep. When I went to sleep, I woke up. I thought the Holy Ghost was gone. <laughs> So when I woke up, I was like, the only good God is faithful. If he says he will save you, if he says he has saved you, then he has saved you. Believe, cooperate with God, and let God do his work. Are you in the house? Come on, let's give God some praise. Amen. Well, oh, one more time. Let's give Jesus some celebration. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. Shall we rise up on your feet? Thank you for listening to this message. Hope you've been blessed. For more information and resources, visit any of our social media platforms. The website for the ministry is www.connectcyi.org. Instagram is at ConnectCYI. And Facebook is Christ for Youth International.